Nitsch Gilbert Gottfried. Nitsch Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Our guest this week is a singer, dancer, recording artist, cabaret performer, television director, and an Emmy and Tony-nominated actress of both stage and screen who's been working steadily in show business since she was a teenager. You know her from popular TV shows like Rowan and Martin's Laugh and Love American Style, The Carol Burnett Show, Night Gallery, The Love Boat, Will and Grace, Family Guy, and the TV movie Scandalous Me, The Jacqueline Suzanne Story, and Bud and Lou. Hey, I think I've heard of that one. And of course, Knott's Landing, which she was the only cast member to appear in all 344 episodes, and she directed nine of them. Uh, You've also enjoyed her outstanding work in films like How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, The Love Bug, The Comic, Along Came Polly, as well as in acclaimed stage productions of How to Succeed in Business, Seesaw, Wicked, and The Tale of the Allergist's Wife. She's also the first woman to write, direct, produce, and star in a movie made for television. 1996, Color Me Perfect. In 1999, she was awarded her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In a career that began way back as a teenager in the long-lost Dino's Lodge on (laughs) Sunset Boulevard, she she shared the stage and screen with Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra, John Wayne, Bob Hope, Sammy Davis Jr., Danny Kaye, Jerry Lewis, Betty Davis, Buddy Hackett, and Liberace, as well as our own podcast guests, Dick Van Dyke, Carl Reiner, Don Murray, John Davidson, David Steinberg, John Aston, Ken Berry, and John Biner. Frank and I are excited to welcome to the show a woman of many talents and a performer who has done everything a person can possibly do in the entertainment business, including appearing on six, count them, six episodes of Celebrity Bowling. The Magnificent Michelle <laughs> Am I dead yet? <laughs> Hi, I Michelle. Mean, you, you can hand this one out as an obituary. <laughs> I said, it sounds like I must have died if I hadn't. Yeah. The only thing missing was found dead in her Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> You have everything that I've ever done in life, minus a few and several I wish you never said. 
Was How it celebrity bowling where we lost I you? Think, <laughs> I think celebrity bowling was one of them. <laughs> That was a and, very well-respected show. <laughs> and 15 Love American Styles. Oh, jeez. We love Love no, American Styles. I'm only kidding. We met uh, a few years ago. We were both doing appearances on Howie Mandel's special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love him. I love him so much. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I've done everything, and haven't we all? But, um, but. <laughs> M- Michelle, Michelle, your what? career is one of those careers when you go to the IMDb page and you do the deep dive. It- it's incredible. As Gilbert just read a partial list of the icons you've worked with. But, it's inc- but, but you've been working since you were a teenager, like Gilbert has. Yes, Gilbert, when did you start? Oh, wait a minute. This is about me. How old old were you when you started? Seriously. First time I got up on stage at an open mic night, I was 15. Oh, my gosh. It's like me. It really is. I didn't get paid. Well, you didn't get paid either, really. But when I was a kid, around 15, I worked with um, a band. But they're not the kind of bands we have today. It was, you know, society orchestras where I'd sing at Pardon the expression, weddings and bar mitzvahs, you know, and I would do, you make me feel so young, only my voice was higher. You make me feel that spring is sprung. And uh, so I did, that's really where I started. But I sang in high school, you know, all that stuff. Now, tell I'm not us talking you, now. Now, t- <laughs> <laughs> now, tell us what your father said to you when you said, you wanted to go into show business. Did you did you read something that I could lie about? <laughs> no, no I, you, does it you, say that somewhere? Because I can make up something. Yeah, no, you <laughs> said that he told you, uh, fine, but you got to be willing to have. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You got to, okay. My father said to me, you want to be in this business? He was a makeup artist, by the way. We can talk about that later. But he said, you want to be in this business? Oh, you're going to have to get used to the hard knocks, people slamming doors in your faces. It's difficult. They tell you you're too tall, you're too small, you're too whatever it is, you're not. So you better go to an audition and find out what it's like. So there was uh, an ad in one of the show business magazines. It said, dancers must sing, singers must act, actors must do whatever's left over. So uh, my mother took me to, because I was, how old was I? I was like just 17. My mother took me to the Ivar Theater in Los Angeles, a little theater. And I went in there and I saw this guy with uh, muscles on his legs and short shorts and a real tight T-shirt muscling all over and a cowboy hat and boots. I was in love. I didn't know from gay at that time. So he (laughs) jumped. (laughs) (laughs) He was the the director, 
and the choreographer, and he jumped up on the stage and he said to everybody who was there, not me yet, uh, okay, do follow this dance. Ba-dum, boom, 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 boom. That's my jazz interpretation. Then he would say, uh, would you sing happy birthday to you or whatever it was. So everybody was doing their thing. Then they pushed me on stage. Michelle Dusick was my name then, mm-hmm. leaves my middle name. So it's Michelle Dusick. And so I got up there. I had nerves of steel in those days. I mean, forget it. I would do anything. Who cares? You didn't have to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do anything. No yeah, pr- sing no it, girlfriend. <laughs> no pressure. Just get up there and do your thing. So I got up there and I sang, you make me feel so young, one and a half courses and a tag in the key of F. And I was just there, my legs planted firmly. My legs can't plant firmly. My feet planted firmly on that stage. And I sang, ready for it. You make me feel so young. You make me feel, let's bring a sprung. Okay, the guys in the audience stood up to their feet, and they applauded me. I'm not kidding. First audition. Nice. So I go home. (laughs) The end of the story is my father, the phone rings, and they said, you've got it, my first audition. So my, my mother had to explain gay, and my father had to eat his makeup sponge. (laughs) <laughs> was, th- was that where David Merrick somehow got you to, to Broadway from that yes. audition at the Ivory? Yes, yes. So what happened, it was a huge success. It was called wow. Vintage 60. Right. And every star in America, when I say star, I mean Judy Garland star, right? Sammy Davis Jr. When he was going with my Brit. All those stars were in the audience in Hollywood every single night. That's how big this thing was. And so it got these rave reviews. David Merrick saw the show, and it was a huge hit at the time, took it to Broadway. It was closed in eight nights, and we know what happened. Yeah, eight (laughs) nights, but up, up. But I will tell you, my my maiden name was Dusick, D-U-S-I-C-K, Michelle Lee Dusick. And at the Ivar, my mother was with, with me all the time during uh, parts of the rehearsal and everything. So one day, they're putting up the, not the scab, they're putting up our name in lights or whatever they are. And they said, what is your stage name? And, uh, you know, <laughs> I was Dusick. But in those days... You basically didn't tell anyone you were Jewish. (laughs) So everybody (laughs) chopped off their names, right? So now they think I'm Leibowitz. But that's something else. So anyway, my mother said, why don't you just chop off your last name, Olivai, and I left Michelle Lee. And And so I couldn't change. Once I did that, I was Michelle Lee. But everybody. Yeah. Am I talking too much? No, no, no. <laughs> Be, before, tell, tell us about before you cut off your Dusick, before, uh, before Dad, uh, what, what Dad did. Dad was a makeup artist. Gilbert and I were talking. He, uh, on films oh, yeah. like House on Haunted Hill, he, he was a makeup artist for Clint Eastwood on, on the series Rawhide. Yeah, and he was, and Dick, not Dick Van Dyke. Um, uh, oh, Richard Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. 
So uh, he was in the business, you know, and everybody loved him, and he would talk about me all the time, never shut up. But, uh, yeah, so he's a Dusick, and that's how I saved my last name. Everybody knew Jack Dusick, my dad. Was he under contract, Michelle, at MGM? Was he, was, did he roam from studio to studio? Did he have one, did he work for basically one company, one studio? No, he worked for several studios, but because Clint Eastwood's show, Rawhide, ran for so long. Mm -hmm. And then I think he did Girl f from uh, uh, Uncle and Dick, uh, and Dick, I keep wanting to say Dick Van Dyke, because I'm looking at him right now. He's on my wall. Oh, Dr. Because, Kildare, right? Is that what you mean? Dr. Kildare, Richard, Yeah, Thank Richard you. Chamberlain, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so he was there at MGM, the old MGM that is now Sony or something. Uh, yeah, he was there for years and years. And when I started Knott's Landing, it was on the same lot. And there was a guy at the gate, the, the guard at the gate, was his name was Ken Hollywood. That was his name. Wow. And do you know, when I started Knott's Landing, Ken Hollywood was still there at the gate. <laughs> so incredible. All and those of course, years later. Yeah, and, and of course, did, uh, yeah, go on. Did you have any dealings? Did you ever meet Clint Eastwood? Oh, yes, several times. I met Clint several times. Did I say that before? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, okay. Uh, God, I wish I was prepared. Oh, we're not on, we're just talking. I'd show yeah. you several pictures with no me No video, Clint. unfortunately. Okay, Clint, all right. I was at the Kennedy Center uh, honors when he got his honor. And, uh, but, so I have several pictures of us there together and he loved my dad. And so whenever I would see him, and I would in Hollywood, you know, as we do when we're very famous, I would, <laughs> I would bump into him. Oh, excuse me, Clint, I just bumped into you. Um, I would bump into him and he would always call me Dusick. Always. Oh, that's cool. In, you know, hey, Dusick. You know, yeah, I saw him many times. And I do have some wonderful pictures with the two of us. He was very sweet to me. Well, very, growing up very around sweet. show business, I mean, did you go to the set with Dad? Were you were you hang, hanging out a, a, a lot? Did he did he probably proceeds to bring your daughter to work days? Uh, no, I but, would go now and then, okay? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I would go, uh, I went to Rawhide a few times. That was before I really knew, knew him, okay? But he had, the co-star with him was uh, an actor by the name of Eric Fleming. Do you guys know this or not? Am I telling you something new? He, he was so sweet that, here's this real story coming. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm not that boring. My father, <laughs> uh, I was going off to New York to do a Broadway show, and my father... Uh, obviously had had said to Eric Fleming uh, to, to talk to me birds and bees wise, although I knew about them, but a little further down the road, like if ever I got in trouble to know to call him because, and of course, by trouble, I guess people in those days was if you get in trouble. And of course, I was barely out of the womb at that time. So uh, it was very sweet. My father needed to protect me somehow without saying to me, uh, 
don't do anything sex-wise. You're still young, you're whatever. So he told Eric. And Eric, every once in a while, um, this is before I went even, he'd call, see how I was doing or whatever. And I, oh, I'm going to bring this right down. Uh, he, he died in a boating accident. He was, he actually flipped over in a boat. Oh, that's and, a shame. Yeah. Oh, let's make a musical. Boat. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We could cut this whole part out if you want. <laughs> no, he, I, I, I know, I know who he is. He was Gil on Rawhide. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He died a young man. I knew that. I didn't know it was a boating accident. Yeah. He yeah. did. Yeah. He, he died a young man. I mean, I think he was like. In his early 30s or something, maybe younger. Right. Because right. Clint was younger than him. 66, There I are think. two names that have popped up on this show. And the can't find people who like them category. One's Joey Bishop. And the other, although he's admired as a performer, was Danny Kay. Oh, Yeah. Did you and, want me to talk about either uh, of them? Both. This, <laughs> both. He was he this wa- like. He, wa- he wants you to dish the dirt, Michelle. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't. I can't. I could, but it would be not with a microphone. Um, okay. Let's see. I did a lot. Of, okay. Joey Bishop. Remember when he had that uh, talk show? Yeah. I did yeah, many sure, of those. Okay. Sure. But jumping right on now to Danny Kay. It was the first, I did two of his shows when he had the television show. And um, he, I can't say, uh, I know everything you know, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did you like him as a person? I hardly saw him. He went, yeah. who's she? Okay, get over here, sing. That was it. That was <laughs> no. it. Um, no, so I sang... Uh, I actually, when you have time, look it up. Because I, I watched sang it once. last night. No. Did yeah, you see great. me sing with it's him? It's a great clip. You're singing mouth to mouth. You're singing like an inch apart. Yeah. Your yeah. faces. Yeah. yeah. I'm it's, sure it's a... he wanted me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I well, was the, jury, we the jury's going... out on that. Uh, <laughs> 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 I think Gene so... Kelly and Peter Falk were on with you. I don't remember Peter 1960, on that, 1963. Yeah, yeah. and Tra- Charles Aznavour. Charles Aznavour. Oh my God. Which means you'll never get away, 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 you'll never get away. Oh yes, I will. I'll become a train and shoot you out of sight. And I'll become a red caboose and trail you day and night. Then I'll become a bird and fly off in the blue. I'll become a super jet and fly right after you. Oh, you'll never get away. I'll become a ball, a-bouncing everywhere. 
And then I'll become a little boy and put you by the boy. No one else could I be? I'll be a Christmas tree. I'll give you such a trimming, dear, that you'll light up for me. Oh, you'll, you'll never, never get away, you'll 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 never get away, Yeah, but you, but you don't, you don't have any real recollection of the man. Uh, 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 <laughs> how about how no. about Joey? Did you like Joey better? He was very sweet. He was. I mean, what I say, I don't know. You know, because I was a young performer and I right. sang. Right. You know, you would know this, Gilbert. What once you get into uh, a phase of your career and you're doing either stand-up comedy, which I never did, or you're singing, or they know you from How to Succeed, or whatever it is, you because I was born between two generations, kind of, you know, so all those guys, even uh, Lucy and uh, Buddy Hackett, and all those guys during that time knew me, and I was invited to parties with them. So I wasn't really their age, but, like, they tr treated me always as a pal. What, what about Red Skelton, who you also worked with when you were very oh young? Oh, my God. Any memories yeah. there? Oh, I yeah, wait, I did do a couple of those, too. Uh, yeah. What did he say to me? Uh, oh, <laughs> no, he didn't say it to me. He used to say this all the time. He'd make this one joke all the time. Something about he would have a heart on his costume or whatever. And he'd say, look, I've got a heart on. <laughs> <laughs> I love I've knowing got that... a heart on. Yeah. I, I, I love mean, knowing that right. Red Skelton had a body sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we've, heard, we've heard that from other people. Really? Yeah. Okay, let me see. Everybody has a naughty sense of humor when we're well, not on camera or talking in a mic. Uh, I'll take and, that back. And um, I heard stories that Red Skelton, during rehearsal, would be really filthy. And then when he got on camera, then he Michelle is nodding yes. Yes, you know, you're reminding me. You remind me. I think that's where the hard-on story came from. <laughs> How did your uh, okay. dad... Go ahead, Michelle. I don't want to interrupt. If no, you, I was going to say something. If you're having I'm, a memory. I'm having a memory of Fred Astaire, okay? Because, you know, we're talking about people and generations and how we're, we all belong to a family. It's like Gilbert was saying early on when, you know, when you worked, when you did, when you were known, when you're not, it doesn't matter. We're all there. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's like it goes on forever. Um, Fred Astaire. Okay, I did a television special with Fred Astaire. Um, I asked him, I pleaded with him to be my guest. That's wrong. That's a big lie. That was a big lie. Uh, no, I was a guest on his show. <laughs> and um, during, okay, it was called Color Me Red, White, and Blue. Okay. Yep. It was long before the Barbara Streisand's Color Me Everything. 1972, but to be exact. The show that I did. 
Yeah, 72 oh, with a stick. Is that wild? So anyway, this is what I loved. It, this story I'm telling you is going to show you how we're all the same. All of us, all the performers, actors, whatever, mostly all the same. So we were doing the show, and the way it was shot, we did it in pieces. We did some scenes, quote-unquote, or comedy scenes or whatever, separately. And then we did the music. Um, we, we shot, uh, okay, Michelle's doing a musical spot. Okay, he's doing a musical We're doing one together. And then... We would do the wraparounds, okay? And no one was in the audience, and we were being shot by the crew. And um, he would get up there and do whatever he was introducing, the next thing. And every time, he would get up there. I was the only one sitting in there in the first row, just watching and waiting for my turn for the next one. And he would go into a paragraph of X and Y, and Z, and he would talk about it. Cut. He would run right to me. He'd make a beeline. How was that? Was that okay? Do you think I could do it a little faster? Or wow. should I? Fred Astaire is asking Michelle Lee Dusick, am I all right? Yeah, I guess. Well, you can do it again a little. You know, put a smile <laughs> on your face, babe. Come on, get with it. Fred Astaire seems like one of those people, if you saw him in real life, you'd think, no, he doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just a, just a, it's like Cary Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you remind me of Cary Grant. Oh, I have several about it. Go on. Wait. No, I on. say it's very important at this point because I'm very big on who's a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> so... I heard Fred Harry. Astaire is a Jew. Fred Astaire no. was a Jew. If you're saying Fre was, maybe he ran. I don't Frederick, know. Frederick Austerlitz, I believe, yes, was, his, see? was his. Yeah. Are you serious? Or was yeah. he uh, German and you're calling Fred, him Jewish? Fred Astaire was a Jew, and I think Cary Grant. Yes. Cary Grant was maybe half. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Archibald Leach. Thank you. Oh, you know everything. Oh, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a freak, Michelle. <laughs> I was at the Kennedy Center when he got his Kennedy Award. The reason I'm, it's so wonderful that I get to meet some of these people who I maybe wouldn't have met before is that I am a member of the uh, Honors Committee, the Kennedy Center. So I would go, I go until the COVID um, every single year to the Kennedy Center Honors and uh, talk to and meet all the presidents and everybody you could ever imagine as we're talking about them right now. So I, you know, oh, by the way, Dick Van Dyke, I have to tell oh, you Oh, yes, this. he's getting the and Kennedy I, Center Honor, yeah. He, oh, you just took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I did a movie with Dick Van Dyke, and we really have stayed friends. And every single year, uh, oh, I did a lot with him, a lot more than a movie. We did, uh, I did a lot of his specials also. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, oh, my head is going in a million places. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, they're hoping to do the Kennedy Center in May. I don't know if they'll be able to do it, but maybe they're going to, 
If we're not okay, they'll have to do it virtually. And it really pisses me off because he deserves to have that huge audience with that President Trump. He does. So, he does. And, you know, the president sits up in the box. Um, and it's so wonderful to watch them, watch the artists. The artists who are getting the Kennedy Center honor don't have to do anything. They just sit there and they're entertained. It is so special. But anyway, I hope he'll have an audience there, and I'm I, so I happy for him. I need to jump the him. gun, Michelle, but you, you told me you were instrumental. You, you, were, you were one of the people that voted for Dick to get the honor. Yeah, for years I did, but you see what would happen. And I'm not instrumental in getting Dick on honors. He obviously deserves, deserved yeah, well, it well without course. me, although he did try to sleep with me twice for the Kennedy Center honor. You're not laughing. <laughs> well, Gil- Gilbert, oh, Gilbert, God. now you know where you have to go to get a Kennedy Center honor. <laughs> now, uh, you folks, are, I, yeah. Oh, no, no you were in that movie with Dick Van Dyke, the comic. Right. Yes. That was a very interesting film. I think Paul Reiner directed it. Yes. And yeah, it was and like like a composite of old movie stars that he was playing. He was Buster Keaton in his head. Yeah. yeah. And Dick's, it, Dick was playing the life of all those guys. You know, so fabulous. And what's interesting, it's a, he is so brilliant in this movie. If anyone wants to see it, rent it, whatever. It became a cult that it was a cult movie because... He's so brilliant and was so wonderful, wonderfully done. Um, but they didn't know how to advertise it. I think the advertising campaign was very weird. They thought it, it was some of it was very emotionally, sometimes dark, yeah. uh, brilliantly acted. And, and the comic is the comic. So Dick Van Dyke and, oh, uh, uh, oh. Mickey Rooney. Thank you. Mickey Rooney. So a lot of it was very funny. Um, you know, they, it, it was funny, but they didn't know how to sell it. It was really, at that time, you know, it was a dramedy. And I, I don't re- even remember how they sold it, but it was wrong because people expected one thing and it was another. Sure, sure. Really try to go see it. Try to see it. Don't go. It, it's, it's not an easy movie to find. You can find it on the Internet in parts. But you probably no. Have to all pe- you have to do is go to Amazon and put it. Is in it there. on Amazon? I, well, the thing is that you can buy old DVDs and whatever. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. We were talking about Cary Grant before. Have you met Cary Grant? Oh yes, I have. Many times. Should I tell you one story? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Leach. That was his name. Archie was his Leach. Name? Archie yeah. Leach. Doesn't right. sound Jewish. Okay. Right. Anyway. <laughs> the first time. The first time I met him and I thought I was going to die because it was Cary Grant. Okay. And here I am. I'm basically a kid. And I was going with uh, a boy, Italian boy. Uh, who was going to UCLA, and uh, his sister was an artist. Her name was Leah DeLeo, Leah DeLeo. And she was friends with Cary Grant. So I'm at her apartment, and the doorbell rings. Oh, would you get that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I open the door, and Cary Grant is standing 
before my eyes. He came in and I, I, I almost fainted. And that was the first time I met him, but it was hello and goodbye. And he only stayed for like 20 minutes talking to her, whatever. But he was a Kennedy Center honor. So I during that weekend, just for you guys to know, uh, there's several things you go to during the weekend and you always see the honorees, okay? Um, so I saw him many times. I took photographs of him and, oh, I was naughty. I, and the things you're not supposed to do, let's hide behind this palm and take a picture of Carrie, my friend. Um, it, okay, and then when I did How to Succeed on Broadway, his then girlfriend, Diane Cannon, Cannon, right, did How to Succeed in Europe. So when oh. she, yeah, so when I was leaving and she was coming in, or she was going to start Europe, she rehearsed uh, at the theater I was at. What the hell theater was that? I can't remember. Um and she, oh, the 46th Oh, theater. the Richard Rogers. Yeah, it was the 46th then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, see, that's how old I am. I still call it the 42nd, 6th. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, she came in, and, of course, Carrie was there. So uh, so I kept saying it. Yeah, hello, Michelle Phillips or Michelle Triola or Michelle. He could not remember my name. I'm kidding. Oh, God, that was, cut that out, too, Michelle Triola. And- <laughs> An obscure Lee Marvin reference. Oh, you know everything. God damn. And you know, so also my friend Dick Van Dyke went with her. You know that after Lee. That's right. He did. did. Yes. So, so, yeah. And they stayed together. Okay. Go on. I was A couple of things. Gilbert, uh, on the subject of uh, Fred Astaire. I did a quick bit of research. Uh, he was born, uh, his father was born in Austria to Jewish parents, but they had converted to Ro- uh, to Roman Catholicism. Oh, that's so, so there you go. <laughs> no, I actually, I wonder Harry if Grant, they were hiding. Maybe they were hiding. You oh, know? I'm sure. Yeah, possibly. And so on a lot of people. Of, uh, on the subject of fathers, before we move on, Michelle, tell us how your dad came to write a song that Jimmy Durante recorded. Oh my God! Because that's my an father, interesting yeah, twist. I don't. For, I, I, of course, I will sing it. What a day! What a day! What a day! I got da 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 da. da, da forgot day day day. I got the sun in the morning and da 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 da. Too low da 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 da. Okay, I I didn't remember any lyrics and it was too low, but it was called <laughs> What a Day. <laughs> and my father did everything. My father invented things before people said they already invented them. My father wrote songs, many songs. Um, that was the one that, but he only had one done, uh, really, with someone major, J- Jimmy Durante. But that's a cool thing. Yeah, isn't it? And, uh, and yeah, go on. Uh, what, what about Groucho Marx? Ooh. <laughs> well, I don't you, think you, I had you, anything to do with him. You were, you were on What's My Line. He's talking about What's My Line in the early 60s. You were on a panel. Did I and do Gra- it? You, Groucho was the mystery guest. Okay. Oh, for God's sake. Okay. Now, here's the thing. When you're in the business for so long, you forget sometimes 
what you did. And it's so true. It's like I was a what and I met who. Right. <laughs> right. I'm starting to sound a little like Lucille Boyle, my ball. My voice has gotten very low and I'm talking, I slap everybody around. You're in a TV movie I talk about a lot on this show, and that's Bud and Lou. We jump oh, around, yeah. Michelle, as you can see. Yeah, Bud and Lou, yeah. Uh, I played Bud or Lou's wife. You were Lou Costello's <laughs> wife. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, God damn it already with you. You know everything. Don't take and, out the God damn it. And, uh, and you didn't ask, but whenever... <laughs> The subject of Bud and Lou. Come on. There's uh, Buddy Hackett as Lou Costello right. in his deathbed in the hospital. Uh, yeah. Artie Johnson sneaks in a strawberry malted to him. He takes one sip and goes, No way. I, I had a lot of strawberry malted in my time. But this one's the best. And then he his head turns and he dies. My favorite death scene. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. It's not a great death scene, Michelle. It's not. No, we're talking a lot about the deaths. Uh, Oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah, I did a movie, you know, when I did The Love Bug, it was with Buddy, mm-hmm. too. I saw him a lot, Buddy, because we were traveling the same crowd. You know, it was always, it's that entertainment thing. You know, when I did uh, Knott's Landing, no, all the new audience of Knott's Landing had no idea what I had done. Most of them, they didn't know I sang. They didn't know I had this past. It was like... Most of the things that I did that were major in my life in terms of uh, the our business, I w- was done by the time I was 30. My major stuff, by the time I was 30, 31, I did every uh, Broadway show that was major except for Tale of the Allergist Wife. Um, I did How to Succeed. I did The Love Bug. All like the bigger things people mm-hmm. knew me for it was remarkable, and then I went out on the street with a cop, and I said, "I'm owing the How to Succeed star, and nobody knows me anymore because don't they think, don't even know. I don't think they don't know that, who Cary Grant is. It's true. It's like well, they don't know Cary well, Grant. Now, also, uh, one of those actors who I met a couple of times, who's in that category where I can say." Well, he was always nice to me. And that's that's Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. You did three episodes of the Jerry Lewis show. I did do Jerry Lewis, and I should rephrase that. Um, (laughs) The thing that I loved about him, and I do it often, I have, because I've directed many things and I'm used to doing this. I'm so used to, as he was, and kind of taught me it, it was osmosis, really. He, because he was directing, and of course this was his show, um, he, he would always talk of himself when he was setting the scene or whatever, at, in third person, always. And then he goes over here 
and then I think uh, he should stay there for a little while. You know, don't don't move the camera over yet. So it was always third person. And I, a lot of people make fun of that when someone does that, but I totally understand it because Interesting. it's, well, think of it in terms of a director's eye. Not everybody does this, by the way, but if you stand back and look into the scene, you're on the outside looking at a scene. So it's very difficult for most people to understand this, but I always, when I talk about me, if I'm talking about a scene or whatever, I'll say, I never say, and then I go up there. It's always, and then she goes up there and what, because you're truly on the outside of it. It's cool that Jerry Lewis gave you a little directing tip. Yeah, no, he did didn't you, know did, he did was you, doing did, it. Did you like him personally? Did you did you get along with I him? I did, and we limited? know. <laughs> I, I liked him because of the relationship I had with him, and of course, huh. I know all the Jerry Lewis stories, and I always seen, I have also seen him be a bad boy, uh, you know, with the <laughs> ego and everything. Uh, and, but, you know, there's a time where certain people, I can understand it because... You work hard to become whatever you happen to become, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of years are difficult. And you have your ups and you've got your downs. And finally, you make a noise of some kind. And then a few years goes by, younger people are coming up, meaning just people, not even in the business. And they'll say something, about you that, you know, they don't have a one bit of information about who you are and also they don't care. So if you become the person who everybody knew at one particular time and now they say something that makes you feel as if they don't even know I'm in the business and they're telling me how to speak into the microphone or, you know, if you just maybe stay still and don't move so much and you how many years have have you done that? Whatever it is they're asking. And you do want to punch them in the face. There's no question about it. And so I understand. <laughs> I understand Jerry Lewis. That's interesting. Once, he did one step. No, but it is true. There's a psychology to who and what I am, meaning all of us. It's like... I don't know. You work hard. There you are. And somebody comes up and says, uh, basically, have you ever been before a camera before? Uh, okay, but you'll do well. Just listen to what I'm going to tell you. And you want, I ought I I ought Well, that's Jerry Lewis kind of plus, you know, because you've seen him before. Uh -huh. be, be angry, mean, whatever. Um, yes. The, the thing also... Uh, my son had his first child, so I am a first-time grandmother. This is Gia, my little oh, when did month this happen? and a whole, a month and a half ago. Wow, congratulations. So I, it's new. And Wonderful. so I'm going, thank you. So I'm going through the book I have for my son, uh, the baby book, and I'm going through it, and I see that Jerry Lewis, this is just like yesterday, Jerry Lewis gave... Uh, a baby toothbrush to my son when he was born. Wow. Yeah. 
about yeah. that. So you, uh, so as as abrasive and as and as uh, uh, temperamental as Jerry could be, you've been in the business long enough to understand. You you think you understand the psychology of the of the oh, man? Oh, certainly now I do. Uh-huh. Certainly now. Uh, but about, he was what, never anything. Yeah, he was never about, anything but nice what, to me. Why? What about Buddy? Buddy, Buddy was known to carry a, a piece, and 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 he was a complicated character as what well. What piece did he carry? Uh, he carried a hand. He carried a handgun, Mister Hackett. Yeah, no, he never showed me his gun. <laughs> <laughs> so you you liked Buddy too? Well, you know, Buddy was crazy, uh-huh. and uh, totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I didn't know him that well, but I knew him better than a lot of people. Okay, uh-huh. uh, and of course, that's how I got to know all the comedians. Uh, that really, through a Buddy Hack and all the guys he used to hang out out with. Um, wow. Yeah, he was. Buddy could be <laughs> naughty and rude and everything else, and uh, that's all. I speaking of death. I did go to his funeral. She's laughing. Oh, God. Yeah, and that's maybe another 86. Oh, tell us about Robert Morse. Because he was so terrific. He's a favorite. A favorite of ours. Yeah, he's a favorite of mine. He's, I, oh, God. I always think, okay, that was how to succeed. Um, He was brilliant. He still is brilliant. He's, he was a genius. He was very young when he did How to Succeed. He was in his early 30s, I think, something like that. And uh, I had such a crush on him. I had a crush on this man. I would stand. <laughs> it's true. And I finally told him years later. That's he nice. might have known because I would look at him in that uh, Rosemary uh, Finch look. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ponty, <laughs> are you going to the dance tonight? <laughs> oh, I wish they could have seen my face. I was brilliant acting that. So anyway, no, uh, I would stand off stage and watch him because I had almost done nothing at that time. And I, I he would just get, he was a bad boy. He did, you know, he'd break the fourth wall, as we say, in the theater most people listening to you probably know what I'm talking about. But and then he'd stop something and he would do something very funny. Like one day uh, at one of the shows, a woman in the balcony uh, dropped her, her mink coat over the railing and it came floating down into the audience. And he took out his imaginary rifle and <laughs> shot it in the middle of how to succeed. He just completely, and he would do things like that always. And then what he would do is he would call me into the dressing room and at at, uh, uh, intermission sometimes, and he'd say, you know, in scene X, when you say this line, you're not getting a laugh because you're not waiting two beats later. And sure enough, I'd get on the stage, get to that scene, and I'd think, okay, one beat, two beat, say the line, guffaw, laughing, wow. laughing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he was a master at it. I, I can kind of do it today. I don't know why I couldn't then, but maybe not as much. I wasn't a character actor, so. Tell, uh, tell me if this is BS, Michelle, because I had heard that uh, that Tony Curtis wanted that part, that that 
in spite of the fact Rosemary that Rosemary Pilkington. Yes, your part. Yes, he would have been terrible in it. No, that that that, uh, that the Finch part is as great as Robert Morse was on the stage. That the studio uh, sought Dick Van Dyke, who told him he was too old for it. You know anything about that, or do I have bad information? The stage or the the film? For the film, for the film, the, for the oh, adaptation. God. That the studio Boy, wanted Dick Van no. Dyke, who, who who apparently told him he was too old for the part. Oh, my God. Wow. You've never discussed that I with Dick? Never have, and I can see it. I understand. I don't know for the life of me why they they gave me the role, and it's something that they never, th mm -hmm. that in film never happened. But maybe it was because uh, uh, Bobby was doing it. I don't Oh, another interesting thing about uh, How to Succeed, too. Musicals were not doing well or haven't in... Um, in uh, overseas. Mm -hmm. So we did two versions of How to Succeed. We would do the whole musical for the film, okay, as we did it. And then we would cut out all the songs and we'd add additional lines of dialogue if there was anything uh, that had to be said during the song, which really almost never was. And we would just do straight scenes and segue into the next scene. And you worked with Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. I did. I did. And, well, talk about a mouth. Okay. You know that today, if he tried to be Don Rickles, if, especially with a younger audience who did not understand or know who he was then and what he could get away with, you know, even he said, I say this from my heart. I love all of you. I make fun. But, you know, it's just to make fun. Today, he'd be in jail. That's <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, yeah. You know, Times have changed. Right? There's nothing that he could do. Okay, women would slap him around. Forget it. But, uh, yeah, amazing man. I did a special with him also. God, I must have worked a lot. <laughs> you did a lot. <laughs> did a, you, you did, did a, a lot special. of specials, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I sang with him something from Seesaw, another... Another Broadway show that I did back in the day, Seesaw. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. It's not where you go, it's where you land. So he and I did it together in Vegas, running around all these machines and singing. You and Rickles. Uh, yeah. Wow, I'd love to see that. There's, You know oh, what is on YouTube, I'll send it Michelle? To you. What is on, on YouTube is you and Dionne Warwick singing to Old Blue Eyes oh. at, his at his birthday party. Yeah. And, that, and yeah. That's, a that's a wild clip. That's a great clip, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. First of all, it's Dionne Warwick, so hello. Um, you know, it's, it, it's so interesting what, what we get to do when uh, there's a cachet about what you happen to be doing at the time. And of course, Nazi Landing was so huge. I could almost, almost do anything, almost do anything I wanted because they're constant. You just have, you, they open doors for you because they know you have a built-in audience. Mm -hmm. So uh, no, I was allowed to do many, many things, but that with him, forget it. And of course I met him many, many times. And I did. And what I did was him. Frank? What was Frank Sinatra like? Oh, <laughs> um, he. <laughs> 
I will say, and I'm sure nobody minds at this point, but he was a little, at one time, he was a little flirtatious with me. Flirtatious with me. But I never did anything with him. Uh, I turned him down. No, I, you know, he asked me to go somewhere with him, like a, a, a quasi-date date. Wow. But I did see him often, and I do have pictures of he and me. I have things that he wrote me on photos, just being very gracious. Uh, Francis Albert always, he'd, you know, he'd sign I don't, everything. I don't think his. in 100 and 350 shows, Gilbert, we've ever had anyone here who turned down Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, you've made podcast history. Spe- spe- speaking of, of matinee idols, or or uh, or not matinee idols, but but uh, but sex symbols and singing idols, Rudy Valley, uh, who you made boy. How to Succeed in Business with, who was a, a, a fascinating character to me. Oh, uh, I have a no, story. Known as yeah, the wait. cheapest man in show business, by the way. Oh, yes. He was. I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> First of all, I, I was not in his generation. Okay, so we know that. None of us Sure, were, he was a really. star in the 30s, okay. yeah. Yeah, but it was amazing how people adored the fact that Rudy Valley was in that show, how they loved that they got someone like Rudy Valley. Um, okay, the cheap bit of him. Yeah, everybody <laughs> knew it. Everybody knew it. Yeah, he was so, rich and ate at the automat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now Christmas. Uh, so I'm making my Christmas list, little things for everybody, and Bobby is doing whatever. And Rudy Valley would have some kind of a deal with what was that shopping magazine where you could get Sears and Roebuck or something like that, where you would get things from this magazine. No, oh, you mean you, like you mean you, like green stamps or like uh, no coupons? Oh, but that's a good one. I, it would be him. But yeah. anyway, he'd come to our dressing rooms and say, "Would you like this?" Uh, oh, he had to deal with them because it was Rudy Valley, so he could get X amount, X amount of things <laughs> for nothing. Say, "Would you like this iron, or would you like the mop and the bottle of glow?" You know. It's, <laughs> So eventually, um, he didn't get me the mopping glow. What he did was, and I love this, in those years, I used to smoke. So uh, my my birthday, my Christmas gift was, I swear to God, it's this long like this, a box. Open it up, and it's a carton of Kent cigarettes. That was my Christmas gift. Wow. And the, the, the thing that's so wild about it is it was reused paper, Christmas paper, because the creases, the creases were all wrong. They were, he obviously used another one. Gilbert, you've got her. competition as the cheapest man in the oh, history yeah. of in the history of show business. And it it's so funny hearing about the automat again. I miss the automat. Automat, yeah. yeah. Well, Michelle's parents, you're both, your parents are both from New York, so you know yeah, from the automat. Wow. Yes, I was thinking of it as you were saying it. My parents yeah. from New York. In fact, my mother, I was conceived in New York and born in L.A., so bi-coastal always. Um, <laughs> Bro- Brooklyn and the Bronx, mother- your folks? 
one Bronx, one Brooklyn. One Bronx, one Brooklyn. And then uh, I don't know if they ever moved to Manhattan. I don't know. But, oh, I think they did, or he did. But anyway, my mother took me for the first time because I was a kid. It's when I first started my career that took me to, to New York. She did take me to that automat. I went there a few times with her, and it was so amazing. And I do wish we ha- would have something like that it, again. Great. And I remember I would go there with my parents when I was little, and I I always liked they had this like little lion head that you'd press the button and hot chocolate would come out. That's great, Gil. Good, <laughs> oh good memory. God. Good stuff. You know, yeah. a lot, there was a lot of talented people involved in in how to succeed in business. I mean, Frank Lesser, a Burroughs was. Did you work with Fosse in the stage production? No, was, was I didn't he, work he, with. Come, it was already done. Yeah, yeah. Nelson Riddle. Uh, for the movie, oh, Gilbert. Oh yeah, I did. Lots yeah, of talent. he wrote Lots. what what happened uh, when we did the movie. Had a, uh, the movie, the biggest song was "I Believe in You" in right. the, in the show, and in the show, I did uh, a reprise of "I Believe in You" as a ballad near the end of the show, and when we did the film, they had me sing it as a ballad. Mm-hmm. to Bobby Morse on on some stairs outside my apartment there. Um, Bobby sang it as he did in the show, comedy, a comedy piece with him talking about himself in the mirror. Um, why am I telling? Oh, Nelson Riddle. Oh, gosh. So he did all the scoring, everything for for the movie. And so it was great working with him at you, that time. Did you get I Believe in You in one take? You guys? Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't say you guys. Me. You would... I did it. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. I'll now, tell you not... why. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, remember what you were going to say. No. So no, I was going to interrupt you with something totally not related to what you were saying. Okay, so then continue. shut up. Okay. <laughs> When I'm not, oh God! When, when I'm not I'm talking, being so... <laughs> I'm almost playing a character right now to to come out with some of the. I'm serious, to come out with some of the things I have said on this show, and to look at sweet Gilbert, cheap sweet Gilbert, <laughs> cheap and, sweet Gilbert, and, and and say, shut up! Where did that come from? Okay, wait, what was I talking about? Oh, I was saying when I'm not talking about who's a Jew in the business, <laughs> I, which which really narrows it down. Ashkenazi, I think, Gil. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I, I also uh, like to talk about Jew haters in the business. Oh, oh I know some, don't you? Yes, of course Ooh. you do. You're uh, not well, going to name Paul... any of them, though, are you? One you worked with, Paul Lynn. I heard was a major hater. <laughs> really? Name some he always said such. <laughs> he always said such sweet, wonderful things about Chief uh, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was it. So I can say so many things now. I better shut up. Um, no, I didn't know that. 
the only thing I knew uh, was yes. that he did have a drinking problem, but he was so good that he would have cars come to pick him up at the end of parties. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. Not a good drunk, they said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, I know some of those some, guys. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> some, I, Sp- I had, spill, Michelle, spill. <laughs> I had one of the same producers that was on the original Hollywood Squares, and he said Paul Lynn would get drunk. Everyone else was having a great time during lunch. Paul Lynn would get drunk and go, oh, those fucking Jews. <laughs> They're the reason I don't have a career. I wish you could. I wish our listeners could see Michelle's face right now. Oh my God! Okay, we can't really talk about that, right? That's not going to make. Naming names is not good at this moment. Is that correct? Because it's not going to get on the show. But we know a couple of those guys, bad guys. There's a few running around. I'll say this about Rudy. One was a president of the United States. Uh, Yeah. Right, exactly. Rudy Valley, you know, it's it's people forget what an incredibly big star he was oh, in the yeah. 30s. And doing research, Gilbert, you'll like this. Uh, a woman shot her husband because he he dared to interrupt a Rudy Valley broadcast that she was listening to. Shot her husband oh. to shot her husband to death. <laughs> oh my He was God. an enormous he was an enormous star. You got you liked him, you got along with him aside from the cheapness. Yeah, no, of course I did. We, we, I, I, I'm not sure we even had a scene together in the show. I think he walked by in one of the yeah, elevators. You were a kid. You're, you're still in your twenties. I really was. I celebrated my. Yeah, I was. I hadn't even I'm sorry, had my the, son your yet. Your songs got cut too from the movie. They they cut uh, they cut Paris original. Oh, I love that. And, that was and my happy hit. to keep his dinner warm. Yeah. And, yeah. and who... Uh, no, it wasn't. I was kidding, one. audience. It wasn't my hit. Go on. <laughs> uh, another one. Getting back to Bud and Lou. What was Harvey Corman like? Oh, I knew him well. Um, Harvey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's laughing. Because I did so many, pardon the expression, Carol Burnett shows. Yes. I did many of those. So, uh, Harvey, I knew uh, his... Oh gosh, it was a friend of Jim Ferentino's, my my former husband, and uh, so I would see him socially. Harvey was just a great guy, and he loved life. He loved, I mean, he was always laughing. You know, the two of them together, forgetting Conway, Carol. Pardon me, Conway. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, you it were on his just... show too. You're on the Tim Conway show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got around, oh, Michelle. <laughs> I cannot believe you're bringing up things I've totally forgotten. Yes, I was. <laughs> How does he know everything? Oh, he I cheat. I, I do. I do the homework. You know. You know. Boy. I was telling Gilbert too. We, you know, we love character actors on this show. You know, the the Jack Guilfords and the Jesse Whites and the Herb Edelmans. And you worked. And we, we were talking about it when I was on with you yesterday. Of the I Sing, the Gershwin musical that you did for TV. Gilbert, Jesse right. White, Herb Edelman, Jim Backus, Jack Guilford, Cloris Leachman, who we just lost, and Carol O'Connor and Michelle. Can you believe that? Well, tell our listeners they can find that on YouTube. And you have some nice moments. You have that song, Because, Because, yeah, in there. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. You, you have some really nice moments. Yeah, I had a great body, too. Did you see my body in that, Yes, too? I, I, I noticed. <laughs> By because the way, as... Your your Go body, on. if I may, your body and the love bug when you put on that uh, 
that tight-fitting, uh, uh, what is it, a racing? A, 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 a oh, pit the racing the, outfit. The pit crew <laughs> uniform? Right, with the helmet, which now yeah, is very- my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Le- legs all day, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah, oh, very, yeah. very impressive. Did yeah. you make did you make a a pilot with Ruth Buzzy where you both yes. played kind oh of my. an odd cu- a female odd ah, couple? I remember all this. <laughs> yes, I completely forgot that one. Ruth Buzzy and I did a pilot that obviously didn't sell. Yeah, yeah. it was about two messy roommates. Where did they get that? Oh, that's idea? a good one. They were <laughs> they were the odd couple. With a, a, neat, one a neat roommate yeah. and a messy roommate. Jordan. As long as we're going okay. down weird memory lane. Do you Uh-oh. remember do you remember co-hosting a show with a young Ryan O'Neill? Yes. It was called Rump. Oh my God. Gilbert, yeah, listen to the... this. Joey Bishop, okay. Jimmy Durante, Liberace. Co-written by a young Rob Reiner and Oscar future Oscar winner Richard Dreyfus. It, that doesn't seem like it's real. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Yeah, it was one of those kooky. It was, it was the day when all the uh, comedy shows were quick vignettes and. Yes, uh, yes. Right, right. Right. And Rowan and Martin, that kind of thing. So it was during that time. Oh, Sammy Davis was on that show, too. Oh. Sammy Everybody. Davis. Yeah. Oh, you're not paying attention to me anymore. Yeah, everybody. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm, just lo- I'm looking at cards, Michelle. Forgive me. Yeah, that's right. You have to see what I did because you never would come up with everything I found a, you I did. I found a photo today. There's a, fo- there's a great photo. I'll send it to you of, of all of you guys on the set. It's a photo of you and Ryan O'Neill and Jimmy Durante and Liberace. And it's oh surreal. Oh, my God. My it's best surreal. pal, Liberace. Oh, God. Have you seen his bathtub? Well, I have. Um, okay, wait. Romp. I do remember that. Again, those were the years where they knew me as the singer-entertainer. And at that time, I had a hit record called uh, L. David Sloan. Oh, yeah. L. David Sloan. See, I'm singing on this show. Go Leave ahead and sing <laughs> No, I don't want to. You were, I that, don't that, want to. You, you cracked the Billboard charts with that song. Yes. And I think at that time, uh, all these shows were done before I did uh, Knott's Landing. That's what's so crazy. All these now, shows. And then I'm, I did Knott's. I'm just, yeah. take, I'm just taking a chance with this Uh-oh. next question. Out of midair. <laughs> I don't know if you do this or not. But if you do... Do your Jimmy Durante imitation. Okay. I got the world on a string <laughs> sitting on a rainbow. Got the string around my finger. <laughs> She's good. What a laugh. Hey, Mrs. Calabash. What a life. <laughs> I'm in love. Good night, Miss Calabash, wherever you are. Very good. Step into this light. You really came through on that one. Wow. She even threw in the Calabash. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then you missed me saying, let me step into this light. 
We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Here's a, here's a, here's another memory for you, Michelle. Here's a oh, question God. from a listener. Mark Arnold says, "I love Michelle Lee. Does she have any memories of 1983 Circus of the Stars with Robert Preston?" Says uh, you were you were in something called an executioner's box. Does that mean anything to you? Oh, I remember that box. They showed me how to do this. Okay, this is the box in a, in the show that. Every magician does. The woman with this incredible body gets into this box and she lies there. They close the lid and the guy puts this sword and that sword and this sword and that. And it's really going through, by the way. Do you know that trick? It's really going through the box. And then she jumps up and she has my legs. And it's high cut, and I look so good in it, and that's the end of the trick. But it's a trick. But how would you guess that trick is done? The woman gets into, yes, a box. It's not a big box. It's about four feet or less, the box. Yeah. Is there there some kind of sheath inside the box that the sword goes through so that it's it's protected from your body when you're in the box? No. Okay. Give it a shot. <laughs> okay, anything else? Does anybody know the answer to I'll tell you. They actually teach you, the per, the girl, whoever is doing this, they teach you where to put your body. Your oh, le- wow. I mean, oh, yeah, where your legs go, how high you have to push the legs up to your chin, uh, where your arms should go here, where this, and you memorize that. When you get into the box, you're... you're uh, your body's positioned so that all the swords miss you, but it's actually going through. Isn't that great? That's so impressive. Has, has any girl actually been hurt doing this trick then? It seems like uh, there would have been. There, yeah, well, I would guess people can get hurt. By the way, David Copperfield, who I also did a special with, mm-hmm. I did. David Copperfield did the disappearance of the Statue of Liberty. And I was his co-host on that special. And, um, he, oh, his real name is Kotkin. K-O-T, no, K-O-T-K-I-N. How would you spell it? I know this. Um, you jumped Dave, ahead of me. I was just about to say David Copperfield's at you. <laughs> You're right, and he is. Very good, Gil. And he is. And <laughs> David Cockett. And I knew his parents. I so, so we've maintained a relationship since then. I love his wife, his kids, everything. You know, he owns an island. Did you know that? Oh, yes. He's got, yeah, a, he he's got a lot of greenbacks. He's got, oh, yeah. Oh, major. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I brought friends sometimes to see him in Vegas, and they go, you know, he's always very kind. He sees them afterward. but And he's got planes and jets and automobiles and whatever the hell it is. But his island is spectacular. I was there. He had me go once. And when I tell you, when you're on the island, you are alone on the island with about 50 people uh, who, are, who serve him on that island. And you go... 
uh, and he would surprise every single thing he would do for a guest like me. Here's what happens. Okay, every morning you go to breakfast. You're living in separate houses. Every morning you go to breakfast. You can have whatever you want. Okay, lunch and dinner, you're all together, whoever is there, okay? So uh, uh, he'll say, tonight let's meet at... Over there, you see the patch of uh, uh, leaves that are turning color? That's where you meet me at night. And you go there, and all of a sudden, there's a, a, a setup for you. Our hamburgers, hot dogs, popcorn, wow. pizzas, and he has a movie theater outside. You're outside with the biggest screen you've ever seen. Sand. And a, a, a concession stand that you just take candy, whatever you want, and you lie there on these chairs. Oh God, it's like magical, beyond. Gilbert, how, magical. how do we get an invite, Gilbert, to David Copperfield's <laughs> private island? Let's have him on the show. That's <laughs> sound. Isn't it? Then you're going to be like by the beach, and of course it's on the beach. So you're by the beach, and all of a sudden you hear, ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. You turn around and there's an old-fashioned good humor truck. An old vintage good humor truck with a driver. And you go there and they open it up, or the driver does, and gives you every good humor. It's like Fantasy Island. It is. You know, know, now that I've heard you, Jimmy Durante... I'm going to throw other names at you. Uh Can you do it? Can you do it, Jerry Lewis? I'm a Jerry. <laughs> no, wait. I got to get into it. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Let me see. The, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, that may, maybe that's Daffy Duck. Wait. No, you're good. You get, you're close. Yeah. Oh, uh, what one? Give me Old one lady. more. Old, Old lady. Old lady. Old lady. Yeah. Old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, that's it. Give me another word. One more word. See, I got to get into it. Another can, word. Can you do Mae West? Why don't you come up and see me sometime? That's everybody does that. Jeez. And yeah. how about Cary Grant? Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> That was a good one. Ah, 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 Judy, ah, ah. Judy, Judy. Oh, Buddy Hackett. Uh, no, that was Jerry Lewis. Ooh, I was getting Jerry. <laughs> Buddy Hackett. It was almost like that, except, uh, yeah, he, he speaks like that, does he? Or Daffy yeah, it's a little like Daffy Duck. Here's another comment, more more a comment than a question from a listener, Michelle, for you. Uh, Michelle is great. She used to come into Joe Allen's when I was waiting tables in the 2000s during the tale of the allergist's wife. I remember she loved the, chi- the Cajun chicken sandwich, if memory serves. <laughs> does, that, does that mean anything to you? Yeah, it was, it's true. I ordered every time I came in. He uh-huh. just passed away, too. Yeah, we know. hope Joe Allen survives the loss of Joe Allen. Here's yeah. another one from Jed Disler. Uh, uh, Michelle was involved in bringing to life many wonderful musicals. Uh, did she work directly with Cy Coleman and Stephen Schwartz and Frank Lesser on song interpretations? I know you did with Cy Coleman. Um, 
uh, if so, and if song so, interpretations, no. Well, did they did they welcome your ideas or your suggestions? They were already written, honestly. But you know, we who work in our business always. I do guess he your means performing take. them. Performing them. Yeah, uh, some of them are. You know, you just do your take as that character singing that particular song. So there's where the difference is. But no one has ever said to me, "You're not." Doing the woman I pictured doing this song. There's something wrong with the psychology of that woman that you're doing. Because, you know, again, could be very boring for the audience, but when you sing anything, certainly doing, a, 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 well, I would do it just doing a show, but you become the character and you understand who that person is who's, who is saying those words. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's it. So, so it, it helps to be a bit of an actress as a, as a singer. In, oh, definitely. In, in that sense, which is interesting. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. Uh, unless maybe it's a straight jazz and you're, you're, you're a musical instrument at that point of time, and it's not a matter of uh, a tisket, a tasket. You know, how many times can you act it? Have you heard Gilbert sing, Michelle? Oh, many times. Gilbert, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm going to send you, here's a, your gift for doing the show, Michelle. I'm going to send okay. you a recording of Gilbert singing Helen Reddy's I Am Woman. <laughs> okay. Which I have. Which I have. Well, do you remember then making a, a, a TV movie called The First Nine Months of the Har- Are the Hardest? Yes, Written I by our friend Bill Persky and Sam Denoff. Absolutely. And it was, again, it was another show that I did with Dick Van Dyke. I, you know, it's, I just have worked with him so often. But that show. And Sonny and Cher were in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. There were three real-in-life married couples. Right. The First Nine Months Are the Hardest were three women who were uh, pregnant and how uh, each family saw their lives through the pregnancy. So, Of course, all three women fall in love with Dick, Van Dyke, their doctor. Everything was as it is in life. Uh, And, of course, you knew right then that Sonny and Cher were so right. I mean, it was like for that show, for mm-hmm. their relationship. You just saw it. You knew it was happening. You saw at that time that they had their wonderful, quirky relationship. And even though maybe they weren't meant to be husband and wife at a certain time, there was a great respect and love between them, a bond, I would say, a bond that happens through whether you're working with them or discovering each other or uh, uh, through in the business, whatever it is, it does become something much like I had with Jim Ferentino. Um, yeah, no matter, we were married for X amount of time. Uh, and we had, we remained very close after, you know, the few months of, Oh God, I want to kill her, you know, whatever it is. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we we were you very guys, close. You guys did a lot of projects together, and I I saw a night gallery episode last night that you were both in. Wait, were you up all night? I was. Me? I don't have a life, Michelle. <laughs> but, do you remember? Do you remember this one? Your aunt. Yeah. Is is yeah. Is aunt her, Ida came uh, to stay. Uh, really, or something like really that. good. You were both so good in it. 
Yeah, that was a, that's one of their favorites, Night Gallery's favorites. So spooky. Also, and, what did we do? And so oh, well done. I produced a movie uh, and uh, called No One Would Listen, mm-hmm. uh, which we did together. It was after we were divorced. And uh, it was called one. It was about uh, spousal abuse. I, I will tell you, the movie was very special. Mm-hmm. I, if I must say so myself, that movie was special. I, I want to uh, say, as as we start to wind down, Michelle, I want to say Peter Rieger sends you his best. Your co-star from the Jacqueline Suzanne movie. Oh he, my God! Who played? I Is guess Irving, a... Irving Mansfield. He's done this show. I'm in touch with him, and he said, "Please tell Michelle that she had me laughing the entire time." He's the one that said to me, "I love." Him. First of all, brilliant actor. Yeah, he's and great. I loved him. He's the one that said to me. I started to tell you this early on when we started talking today, that years ago, uh, I would be opposite some old guy. You know, all these old guys, not Clint, but, I'm. you know, it's like if Clint Eastwood had to have a wife, a girlfriend or whatever, she was 20 years younger than him. Okay, guys always got to do that. And women, not so. Women, forget it. Once they're finished with that phase, they're almost out, okay? And it was Peter Rieger who said to me when we were talking about this, he said to me, hey, you've had your time. Let me have mine. So So talking about, hey, you know. That's hilarious. All this, and now he said, okay, now the men can do it. I can do it now. You had your time. Forget it. That's hilarious. I also want to say that I loved your Will and Grace episode, You and Cheetah. Yeah. Uh, which is terrific. People can find that too. It's on Hulu. You guys looked like you had a great time. We did. Well, first that. of all, that show was brilliant. I yeah. mean, and everybody on that show, you couldn't pick more talented people. So, yeah, Cheetah and I did our stuff. I was teaching her some dance steps. She was, you know, Cheetah. Do this, please. <laughs> One, two, three. One, two, three. Well, you, you, t- you, ta- you taught a stare, right? You were trained. <laughs> yeah. Stop stepping on my toe, girl. It's back, two, three. Front, two, three. What do you remember about Bob Hope? Anything at all? I know it's I know it's going way back and you were in your 20s. Oh, I did a great song. <laughs> it's all about me. I did a great song on that show. Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of something else. What do I know about him? I know that, oh, God, I can't tell you some of the things that I know. Oh, tell us. (laughs) It's the stuff you can't tell. That's what I want to hear. But, you know, put me in your, after this COVID thing is over, we'll sit, we'll have a drink. We'll get the real story. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bob Hope. Okay, let me tell you something, though. Bob Hope sang, is known for Thanks for the Melodies, right? Yeah, the memories. The memories, yeah. (laughs) That's right. It's funny. (laughs) I I got it wrong. It's my memory. Um, Thanks for the memories. And so I uh, threw a Peter, remember Peter Matz? Nobody knows Peter Matz now, but he was. Yeah, he was the music guy on the the Carol Burnett show. Yeah. Yeah. And also did the first. Right. Album or two with Barbara Streisand. Barbara, that's right. Anyway, M-A-T-Z. Uh, Peter wrote uh, Thanks for the Memory as a ballad for me. And in fact, Carol Connor saw me doing that, Thanks for the Memories, 
as a ballad. And that's when he said, I want her to do that show with all those guys we were talking about for the, the present thing. Oh, oh yeah, the Gershwin so, thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm very sick of me right now. Are we finished? <laughs> so, what about Battle of the Network Stars? Oh, Tom Selleck was so gorgeous. He was the captain of your team, your CBS team. He was team. the captain captain of the team. Yeah. Oh my god. What did you do? What what were the what were the uh, what were the events that you had to? Oh, we're, we're really digging low in that barrel right now. <laughs> what did I do? Oh, I did the skating thing. Let me think if I can tell some good stories. Wait, keep hitting me with things. Oh, Hit Benny things. Davis. Okay, Betty Davis is the one. Who, oh, Betty Davis. Uh, at that time, when I sang the song we were just talking about, Thanks for the Memories, mm-hmm. it was such a thrill to have her introduce me uh, um, at the end of whatever she said. And and the young Miss uh, Michelle Lee, I forgot what Betty said. <laughs> <laughs> After all these years, when you think of yourself getting into the business so young and you look back, and it's been a remarkable career, you look back at Frank Sinatra and Betty Davis and Fred Astaire and, and, and all of these people that you got in Durante and, and the list goes on and on and on that you worked with. Do you, uh, what, what, what is the emotion? What do you feel? Oh, you feel. <laughs> Do you feel gratitude? Do you feel no? I do. A I, sense I of wonder say, that it happened. Yeah, I feel a sense of wonder that it happened, uh, and it is true. It is true because how many people get to meet? That's what God, I mean. And Skelton are, and yes. Danny Kaye and on and, and on. I, I on and on. You. I'll tell you some president things. Yeah, go on. I first. heard you on another interview doing a speech. If you remember any of it, call up. The Pollyanna speech. Oh, that speech is from Knott's Landing. And when you're saying a speech, uh, my character uh, did that speech at a time that uh, Americans were feeling exactly what I was talking about. It was a time it was um, it was Reagan years and. Uh, the Pollyanna speech was about uh, how come we have to send, we can't send money through the mail. We have, uh, How come I have to uh, lock the front door and put alarms on my car? And it was during that time where, where we, as uh, our country was hungry for, Whatever we were, we were having a lot of financial. I don't remember during that time, but what happened was uh, there were a lot of there began to be a lot of crime and robberies, and it was the first time a child was taken from the front lawn, and that was in the speech too. Why do I ha- why do I have to worry about my child sitting on the front lawn? Why do I have to have an alarm on my car and in my house and whatever? And that's what she said. I want somebody called her a Pollyanna. She said no, I want to be a Pollyanna. 
Uh, people should be nice. Why aren't they? Nice should be the norm. It was when things were starting to mm-hmm. change. But they remember that speech for some reason. Uh, well, and it... always bring it up to me because it hit everybody at the same time. They were identifying yeah. with what she was saying in that uh, at that time. What kind you of know, we... it kind of defined your character? That speech, yeah. in some ways, yeah. And also, uh, just to say something about that show that I uh, did that I loved for a long time, and then wasn't so fond of as time went by because it became more and more soapy. When, you know, they they don't know what to write anymore. It's like you've gone through everything. So where do you go? But uh, it was special. It was so well written. Um, And uh, as I was going to say, we went through four presidents during that time. And we, our show changed Mm -hmm. as our society changed through each president. Um, So that was a segue into some of my president stories. Okay, so I've met many presidents, have you? (laughs) You can tell us one. No, going, okay. If there's a safe Um, one you want to tell? No, they're all safe, except, okay. Um, No, they're all safe, and I do have stories about all of them, but I will tell you my Betty Ford. Uh, I didn't tell you that on this show yet, right? No. (laughs) Um, Betty Davis, yes. So I did have, uh, she, my character, had at one point a dependency on on uh, prescription drugs. And there was a nine-show uh, arc for my character having a problem with it. At the same time, Betty Ford uh, came out with her and allowed the public to know that she was having a drug problem. She also uh, had cancer, breast cancer at the time. Let the uh, the world know that was something that wasn't done at that time. And I always bow to the president for it. That allowed it because you don't have to allow that. Okay. Anyway, so Betty Ford, I I cut together all these things from the nine shows that I did, and made a a, a, a special. Uh, program to send to kids in school, public relations all over. And uh, so Betty Ford uh, asked me to come to lunch in the desert. Okay. So I went to lunch sitting with Betty Ford and uh, she announces that she would like to go to the ladies room. And it was, I said, oh, okay, I'll go too. And then I noticed that the table behind us were the Secret Service guys. And I never, never knew about what the hell they were doing and why they were there or whatever. So it was the first time I saw these guys talking into their sleeves and doing their whatever. Uh, Betty Ford and I got to the bathroom, closed the door, and I suddenly realized (laughs) that the Secret Service were right outside the door listening because they had to protect her. (laughs) So so now Betty Ford goes into a booth and I think to myself, I maybe I don't have to go so badly anymore. (laughs) But then I thought, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. I went in there and it's when I had that moment that you were talking about about all the people and the things that you're able yeah. to do and people you meet. I'm peeing next to Betty Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, 
it. It was like my grandfather came here from Ellis Island, and I'm sitting on a throne next to Betty Ford. I'm, but it's true. I thought, oh, God, can I let the tinkle? How am I going to? She'll hear me. They certainly will hear me. <laughs> that's a funny story. That's yeah. great. And that's that's what brought it all home for you, all, the pers- all that yeah. perspective. Yeah, no, that's true. I have many more, but um, that's do you great. have enough to cut together? Yeah, um, it'll, it'll, the it'll delicious sew together. Do, do people still, do kids still recognize you from the love bug, Michelle? Does that happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Uh, in France, Knott's Landing was such a huge, huge uh, success. They used to watch it on Sunday nights, so it was like a family, or 3 o'clock on Sundays. Uh-huh. And so the whole family get together. So when I did this movie in France, um, I would walk down the street, and I swear to you, little children would come running after me and, and say, uh, they'd call out, Karen, Karen. Oh, that's My cool. Name was Karen? That's. Cool. I mean, can you believe it? When, that's cool. Oh, that yeah. show was that show was a was a gigantic, worldwide hit, not just in the states. By the way, uh, this will tax your memory even more. But according to my research on the Red Skelton Hour, you played a stripper named Peaches. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I even remember some of the steps. There you boom, go. Boom, 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 boom. Listen to this. Ba-dum. Ah. Now, now, two more uh, imitations I'm throwing on you. Uh-oh. Betty She's Davis. Okay. Um, what a dump, which he never said, right? <laughs> it's a true. What a, what a dump. Oh, that was really bad. Give me the other one. I, I remember three words, or I can do three words from everybody. Uh, 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 Liberace. Gee, I mean, everybody sounds like Daffy Duck with me. Wait. Yes. No, this is... The, uh, this, <laughs> this is Carol Channing, I think. <laughs> This is, They're both close. I went right into Carol Channing. Would you like to hear Gilbert's James Mason, Michelle? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. I've been waiting. Go, Go ahead, ahead, Gil. Oh, okay. This is uh, from uh, A Star is Born. Congratulations, dear. I seem to have made it just in time. I, I had a speech all prepared in my head, uh, but... I, I know most of you gentlemen by name. I, 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 you know, I, well, I need a job. That's my speech. I need a job. I, I, I'm not constricted to drama. I could do comedy as well. Oh, <laughs> dear one. I almost cried because what that's... <laughs> Brilliant. That was brilliant. No, I'm being serious now. It was brilliant. And it brought me right back to that incredible movie. And then that poor man. Oh, God. He ended up in water, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, God, what people go through in this business. And you're famous, then you're not famous. And then you drink, and then you marry Judy Garland. <laughs> and then you walk into the ocean. <laughs> and then you walk right into the ocean. <laughs> Michelle, this is a, a, a real treat indeed. You, you are Thank you, you so are an much. entertaining lady. And yes, we, I am. We have had a lot of laughs, haven't we, Gil? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> By the way, we have a rabbi listening to this show, our friend David Komarovsky. Gilbert knows him. And oh, he, my god! And he writes, hey, Gil, which is more believable, the strawberry malted death scene or a world in which Buddy Hackett would be married to Michelle Lee? <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Oh, that is so great. <laughs> Michelle, we salute you. We want thank to you. we I... want to thank Gino Salamone too who made this possible and also Tina Rock. Who Yeah, who, who, Tina. Who has been a rock and wonderful to us. So I know you're listening, yeah. Tina. Thank you. My yeah, my girl, my my friend, my Tina Rock is a rock. Yeah, she and, does everything. And we'll thank Aristotle Acevedo, who's also on with us, our engineer. You, you, uh, you know, Michelle, we, you're somebody we could probably do 12 hours with to just get into the, you know, I use this cliche on the show that we barely scratch the surface. But if people go to your IMDb page and look at the things you've done and the people you've worked it's with, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you. I thank you. And 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 so much we didn't get to. Is uh, any organizations or, or anything that you're working with that you want to promote or, or or talk about? No, I'm not a philanthropist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. No, <laughs> I, no. There, there are things I could talk about, and God knows we all need them now. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, there. Are, yeah, there's a something called the entertainment uh, EIC, uh, the Entertainment Industries Council, which I've been a part of for a long okay. time. And it did start uh, mostly about uh, uh, drugs and the care uh, for people to understand and educate. It's gone a long way since then. But uh, I think most importantly now, and I could name a few more, but most importantly now is people to learn to like each other again. Well, that's and, nice. And smart. It was very easy to say. Well, you 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 walk the walk because we we've we've tried for ninety minutes to get you to say something unkind about one of, one of the people you worked <laughs> yeah, with. Right. And oh the, God, the, the worst we got it. out of you was Rudy Valley and the uh, and the <laughs> and the and the cigarettes for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good soul, Michelle. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh. This has been Gilbert Season. Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. And we have been talking to the woman who sat on a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was Betty Ford. Betty Ford. <laughs> I'm I'm mixing up my president's wives. Uh, you, <laughs> the woman who sat on a toilet pee <laughs> with with Betty Ford. How many people can claim can that? that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. The <laughs> 
I ask you, please, how many people can say that they sat next to Betty Ford trying to hear her? Uh, the wonderful Michelle Lee. Thank you, Michelle. This Thank was a, you. This was a kick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, for Tina. The fun. When it comes to men, do I ever do what's right? Any year, any month, any morning, afternoon, or night. If there's a wrong way to say it, a wrong way to play it, nobody does it like me. If there's a wrong way to do it, a right way to screw it up, nobody does it like me. I've got a big loud mouth, I'm always talking much too free. If you go for tactics, 